It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, I'll let your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on social media. I am Spike Lou on them same social streets. Holla at your boy. Been waiting for this episode for it seems like, what, five years now? Basically. Yeah, it's finally here, man. King Kendrick. Finally. It's a real thing. It happened. It dropped. I'm excited. If you are familiar with the On Deck TV show, first and foremost, go cop you a T-shirt if you haven't done that yet. But you know how we break this down with the reviews, Mr. Morale, and what is it, the High Steppers? The Big Steppers. Well, the Big the Steppers. High Steppers was Excuse Dion and them, goddamn. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers album review from the On Deck TV show. We will get to that, break it down, give you a review, and let you know what we thought. And we're going to bring in our homie Chris Platty from Strictly Hoops and Hip Hop. If you're familiar with the show, again, you know him. Before we get to that, Tretch from Naughty by Nature says it is so disrespectful to Apple. Ask anybody about their top five. Imagine that. And your man Puff, he hosted the Billboard Awards and got roasted on these tweet streets. And your man Freddie Gibbs didn't have a great night in Buffalo, but he still hit the stage. We'll get into that. But first and foremost, we wouldn't be doing any justice if we didn't talk about the YSL indictments last week during the show when our guy Jay Hove at the end during our wins and our losses, the news came through the young thug gunner and 28 people from the YSL label were locked up for Rico charges, state charges here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to go over everything we know, give our opinions on the indictments, animal Brown. I'll toss it over to you and tell me, what you think about Young Thug's future and these indictments that came down on YSL? Yeah, because since we since this news broke while we were recording last Monday, uh, they raided his house, found some drugs, some guns. They done put seven more felonies on top of Thug, um, which can't look good. I, I can't imagine that looking positive in any way, shape, form, or fashion. The Rico stuff is tricky. I'm not going to pretend like I know this law shit like that. However, from what we've seen with other artists, it has not ended very well. Um, YFN Lucci is locked up currently on a Rico charge, and you probably forgot that he was even locked up until this news right here popped back up. Um, he They done hid him, dude. Like We don't know what's going on with that. We saw what happened with Casanova up in New York. Like he just pleaded guilty. He just took a plea. He was like, fuck it. I'm going to plead guilty because he done got snitched on by somebody else that got bammed in his Rico case. So I guess that's the point of bringing in so many people. You got the little dogs that probably wasn't really doing nothing and they're going to tell on the big dogs or the or at least the most popular famous name to save their ass, which then backs the big dog in a corner to where they have to plead. Cause from what I understand, taking this shit to trial is a losing battle. So with that being said, they denied thug bail. Uh, they denied gunner bail. It's not looking good. I would say for thug right now, I don't know if they got anything that's really going to stick on gunner, but it's a, it's a very, very crazy situation. Gunna has one of the highest selling albums this year. And Thug is one of the highest streaming artists in hip hop, period. Over billions and billions of streams on Spotify, dude. So this is nuts. 
to say the least. Is the like at his prime, you you would say the thug is probably. Yeah, he only about two albums in technically, so like mm-hmm. he's relatively early and like being known on that level like that. We know he got mixtapes and singles on feature on everybody's shit, but he was really coming into his own. Same with Gunner. That pushing P took off this year. Facts. He was the corporate uh, companies <laughs> ran with it. Have we ever seen a rapper at this stage in their career get locked up like this? Yeah, I mean, can, can you, you remember? Pac? For the rape charge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was big. That was, that was big, but we knew he was going to get out. Young Save for Wayne and T.I. Yeah. and that's true. There was always an end date. Uh, yeah. <laughs> other than Bo- Bootsy got locked up. And, and Gucci. Didn't know if he was going to see murder. Yeah. Shine. And Gucci Shine. Okay. Yeah. So there have been people that have been facing very serious charges like Young Thug. We could maybe argue and say that Young Thug is probably one of the most popular ones that has, even when the people we name other than maybe Pac. Right. Uh, the RICO charges came down. Usually these are federal charges, but this is the state that's charging uh, Young Thug with that. And what does that mean? Usually federal investigations or investigations that are RICOs cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've dedicated a lot of resources into this. And this all stems from the beef with Lucci and his crew. What's the name of name? YFN. YFN and YSL. It was, if you didn't know, or you're not uh, privy to Atlanta streets, they've been beefing for maybe what the last seven or eight years. People have said, um, it's been talked about in our group chat. I've heard about it at the barbershop. So it's like a known thing that these guys have been beefing in the streets. And it's been said that this is where the Rico stuff stems from because there were so many murders and there were so many shootings. It wasn't just, oh, they're rapping about killing and shooting people or, oh, they're selling drugs. It was like, oh, there's a war going on outside. And the DA from this county, Fulton County, which is in Georgia, said that she's, quote, cleaning up the streets from this war by locking up YSL. Yep. So that's how we got here. That's that's what happened for the people that don't know it. Just like, oh, Young Thug got locked up because he's a rapper and he raps about guns and drugs. That's not technically it. Yeah. Although they are using lyrics in this case, though. They are using lyrics to tie him with specific situations. Again, it's not that he raps about these things, so he's on trial for that. They're using the lyrics to say, hey, this specific murder is talked about here and how you help them out. Or uh, affiliation, really. It's really that he's affiliated with YSL, and they're using that. And then with the wiretaps, too. I forgot about the wiretaps. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. They and when you say affiliated, teams. that's exactly what I was going into. Oh, yeah. What do you mean when you say that? No, what that, did you I, take I, from it? That, to my knowledge, that's what they're trying to say, that he's every time he's on there repping YSL in a right. sense of a gang sense, right. not a music label sense, when he uses it in terms of a gang sense, I guess that's all they need to say to tie it together. And then when you when you do that and then you add together the Instagram pictures with people who they believe to be in the gang YSL that may not be artists, when you put them in the same places and then you hear them talking and repping each other on music and stuff, then that's what they need to connect the dots, apparently. We'll see if any of that sticks, but that's how I took it. Okay, that makes sense. And 
just being a consumer of hip hop, a lot of the rhetoric that I've seen out there is, oh, this is an attack on Young Thug or an attack on hip hop or rap. Do you agree with that? Or where do you stand as far as thinking they've been uh, sing singled out? Man, it depends. Like, I remember when we first got down, well, not when we first got down, but when Thug first started bubbling, Mm -hmm. Like we, I, I heard stories about Young Thug a long time ago, personally, mm -hmm. and so like it. On one hand, you, you, you can't have it both ways, bro. They mm -hmm. can't be really about their life, like really in the streets, really this, really doing that, and then when they get jammed up on it, it's like, yo, it's a record label. Why do you, you know what I'm saying? You're just using this for clout. It's like, which one is it, dude? Are they really about, like, like, like you can't have it life. both ways, bro? Is they about their life or is this an LLC? That, that's what I'm saying. Like, like niggas Vegas was telling me it wasn't an LLC, dude. Right. But and, and here's the thing about it: both things can be true. 100. Sure. It can be an LLC, and they can be a record label, but they also can be about their life and in these streets. And I think where these guys went wrong, or where the mistake was made, is like it was promoted too much. So, like you said on Instagram, and that's the new generation of what we deal with. But the chicken before the egg thing here comes to if they weren't promoting it, they wouldn't be as popular. Hence, they wouldn't have a deal with 300 or Warner, which is who funds this. So yeah. then the question could come to Miss Fanny T. Willis, who is the district attorney here in Fulton County that's prosecuting these guys. And she says, oh, you can't just be a rapper and absolve yourself of the stuff that's going on in your name. Okay. That's, I understand that. That makes sense. Like you can't just be out here promoting violence. So if she is really about their life, then why not go after 300 or Warner brothers? Cause young thug don't have this money to get these niggas to go out and commit these crimes. If he ain't signed a 300, like you told me just now, when we got down here, they was doing their thing. Why is it? It wasn't all over Instagram and shit like that, but it was known in the streets like these niggas is about it. They about their life. But it wasn't funded by a major record label. So at what point if we going to lock Young Thug up and say, okay, well, yeah, you can't just rap about that and these niggas just can't go out in the streets and do this. At what point do we say, okay, well, 300 clearly understood how popular he was. They know why he's popular. They're giving him money to stay this popular. Why we can't bring them in on the indictment? How you feel about that? Because the, the thought process is that if you, because like, as you just mentioned, we heard about them before the deal. Mm -hmm. So the thought process is if that's how you were getting it before the deal and that's all you knew and that's fine. Environment shit. Cool. Mm -hmm. We get it. I understand that. When you get the bag though, mm -hmm. that's when it's time to be a rap star. Mm -hmm. That's when it's time to be a rock star. That's when it's time to put the other shit behind you as much as you can. I know it's easier said than done. Take the hood out the nigga, take the nigga out of whatever the case may be. But we're going to look at you like, bro, you got millions in the bank right now, bro. Mm. You're sitting in a fucking sit 10 by 12 or whatever little bit ass cell that shit is, dude, in inhumane conditions, apparently, with right. millions in the bank, bro. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you if you are if you're on phone taps putting hits out on niggas, bro. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you when you got M's in the bank, bro. It's one thing when you don't know any better before right. you got M's. Now you got M's. People going to be like, why are you still on it? Why can't you just ignore niggas, bro? Why, why come Lucci and Thug just can't ignore each other and act like the other doesn't exist? Where you would they learn that from, bro? And that, that's in, like, how okay, would I so, know the answer to that? <laughs> that's no, and that's a great point. 
you're four, you're 40 years old. 28. Oh, these niggas is young. And I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I am saying that if we're going to come and throw this wide net on here, and like you said, Young Thug shouldn't be dumb enough to be on the phone telling niggas to get killed. I don't know. I'm not sure how that falls out. But right. at the same time, if there's a dude that's giving him money for this record labor, like you said, this shit was happening to some extent before they got this money. Before allegedly. they got 300. <laughs> Just to some extent, allegedly, right. But now, like you said, since we've been here, it's blown up even more. Yeah, and sure. that's because they've gotten more money from the situation that they're in. So, again, it's like a circle effect. Like, you can't tell me that 300 or Warner Brothers or whoever signing the check for these niggas is the YSL LLC part. You can't tell me that they don't know what's going on. Because if you do, then you can say, oh, well, Young Thug didn't know what was going on. It's, it's, so you can't it's, have one without the other, I don't think. It's not because they got money. It's because of what they did with the money, allegedly. Who? YSL, bro. You oh, can't be sure, like, well, sure. because they got money, then that automatically escalated the beat. Like, no. I'm, I'm, oh, you. I understand that. I'm not absolving them because they got money. Oh, okay. I'm I'm they were, like you said, they were doing this before they got money. Right, right, right. It's not on the scale that they started doing it when they got money. Rico cases are usually people getting prosecuted because what they're doing is generating the money, like the For mob. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the mob gets Rico cases because what they're doing is generating so much money, the government got to step in. What I'm saying is Young Thug's money is being generated from rap and music. Yeah. And if there is a label funding this rap and music and they know full and well what comes with it, then how can I absolve them? I'm not saying I ain't saying Young Thug is innocent of anything. I'm just saying if we're going to look at him for it, then there's also another layer to this that promotes the culture as well. That's all I'm saying. And I've seen a lot of people attack uh, the, the DA of um, Fulton. Fulton County, I believe, and, and say that she is overzealous or whatnot. And she may be. But my point is, if she's going to be overzealous, then go ahead and go after the big dogs. Go ahead and bring 300 and Warner Brothers into this. She, she's suing Donald Trump right now. They can't get no bigger than that. Yep. I just feel like that there is a disdain that she has for rappers or maybe rap culture or hip hop. And that's tying into this a little bit. Not absolving Young Thug at all. But if it wasn't that, then she would be continuing to move on up the ladder. And as Wire fans say, follow the money. Like my man Lester said, and she would be at 300 and Warner Brothers, not at Young Thug and YSL. In, in order to do that, you'd have to tie somebody at 300 to the YSL gang, not yeah. the YSL record label. That's that's where that gets difficult. I imagine. Great I point. Know. You're right. Your job as a record label is what, though, bro? Like, you know what's going on with your artists, yes or no? I'm, I somebody can't. there gotta know that Young Thug is relevant out here in the streets in order for them to even be on the record label's radar. They ain't just magic. It's a million niggas out here that's in gangs recording songs that got good music, but they not signed to Warner Brothers in 300 and don't have the money to do what Young Thug is doing. Yeah, so. for sure. And speaking of YSL too, man, a, a, another loss in a strange mm. like order of events. Rest in peace to YSL artist Lil Keed. Uh, the 24-year-old was complaining about severe stomach issues over the last week, ended up getting hospitalized for it. And while in the hospital, his kidneys and his liver failed, uh, ended up passing away. That's insane. 
I know that's a big that, that's got a hurt thug that he is locked up and is unable to grieve that probably properly, I'm sure. So the um, condolences to Keed, uh, his family, friends, and fans for sure. All right, Peter here, man. That is rough. Do you think that this is before we get off of this topic? So we've seen, we grew up in a generation of Wu-Tang, No Limit, Cash Money. Those were rap crews as well. We've never seen an indictment. Moving forward, do you think this affects how the young guys move and how they may try to stay like Baby with 4PF or Kodak Black with Sniper Gang or these different peoples and associations that may have street ties? Do you think the rappers will start disassociating themselves with that and you see less gang gang shit? You would think so. The only people that know that, that know not to associate themselves with that are older rappers. Like, you seen 50, I am not gang gang. <laughs> Boy, I think now this kind of, if you're smart, like if you little baby, I ain't, I ain't saying 4PF again. Well, it, but that's his, that's his brand. Um, He's repping the label, remember? 4PF <laughs> allegedly is strong out here in these Atlanta streets, my nigga. If I just I agree, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, Pulling the Yo Gotti and changing that cocaine music to CMG, nigga. Like, ain't no, ain't no more four PF. FPF, nigga. That's, that's what it is. Man. They I, just got to be more strategic, bro. They got to be more strategic in how they think, man. You can't have a neighborhood gang and then flip the neighborhood gang into a chain and but a label and think it's sweet. But usually, like we said, that's what get niggas popping. That's what yeah, that's popping. right. But that was pre social media and pre. Pre-feds watching your Instagram, dude. That's why you can't name none of this shit with Rough Riders, No Limit. It happened to none of them niggas. We don't, I don't think, yeah, you're right. Ain't none of them locked up on conspiracy or Rico's. You 100%. Yeah, I mean, but anywho, man, moving on, my guy. Long enough, baby. Delayed long enough. Let's get to the money. Frederick Gibbs, Freddie Gibbs, Gangster Gibbs. He's on tour right now. He made a stop in Buffalo. A lot of people saw still pictures from his show in Buffalo and noticed his face didn't look uh, as usual as it normally does. He had a couple of lumps on his face. And then some rumors came out that he had gotten into an altercation. If that's what you want to call it, it was more like, I don't know, 20 on four. It looked crazy when the video came out in TMZ in a barbecue restaurant of him getting jumped by several goons um allegedly this may or may not be tied to benny the butcher beef my question he did end up still performing was that a good or bad move to still perform after getting jumped man shout out to freddie gibbs for taking that pounding pause Woo. and <laughs> still suiting up going out there and giving the people that wanted to see him in buffalo a show. And before I even get into that, man, condolences, thoughts, and prayers to the people of Buffalo and that community that were affected by that uh, mad shoot. For sure. Before we get into that, man, since we're talking about Buffalo. But moving from that, Freddie Gibbs goes to Buffalo and know he got beef in Buffalo and thank shit sweet. And he went up there and got his ass whooped. But like you said, he still performed, and that's cool. But what I think the bigger story here is we don't know if it was a black soprano family. No, we, we don't, don't know if Give, we don't know if Butch Benny had anything to do with it. But what we do know is that a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Benny the Butcher and Freddie Gibbs were going back and forth on social media. And this started with Freddie Gibbs leaning into his persona, bad bunny. I'm this funny guy 
on social media, and I talked about on this show many a times before. There's going to be a point in time everybody ain't playing with you, bro. And it's cool that you're this internet funny person and that your fans like this and that you think you can get this off, but everybody ain't on the same type of time. So some of the stuff that I saw, oh, do it take 20 niggas to beat up Freddie Gibbs or, oh, man, they, no, it don't. It don't. And it was 20 niggas whooping his ass. But when you're trying to send a message, this is what you do. One, don't play with me. Whoever he was playing with, and he played with them the wrong way, I'm going to send a message. I could have sent one nigga to whoop your ass so we could have fought straight up. But that ain't what this is. <laughs> you didn't really disrespect me. You just play with me. So I'm going to show you how we play. Especially <laughs> if you think you can come up here and perform and think shit going to be sweet. Freddie Gibbs and whoever he got into it with, I think they of a different generation. Freddie Gibbs is older, but he's still of this new internet generation and think that you can do the Twitter finger stuff. And like he said, when he allegedly got into it with Jim Jones, all oh, these are my show dates in New York. Okay. Jim Jones <laughs> going to show you again when you come back to New York playing, or even if he still does it after this incident, like he said he would, Everybody ain't on the same type of time. And I know niggas like Jeezy is sitting back just laughing. Yeah, probably so. Because he never got the opportunity to show Freddie Gibbs that you can't play with everybody like you play with academics, bro. It's cool that you do it with niggas like that. That's fine. And if I was whoever he got into it with, I would reach out to him and let him know, look, bro, it ain't no problem. But I do want you to understand I don't play like that. Don't ever apply. I'm going to show you what disrespectful or respectful is to me. You clearly were disrespectful, and this is what happens <laughs> when you disrespect me. Now, we can be cordial moving forward. I ain't never got to speak on this again, but this is how I play. Clearly, I've seen how you played, so you want to keep playing or not. And yeah. This is, we, we, we've talked about this before over the incident and what happened in Miami with Jim Jones. And I said this on, on record. Of course, we know Freddie Gibbons is my guy. I've been listening to his music for a while now. I don't like what he's become. I don't like the character that he is putting himself um, on to be. Seeing that he gets attention and retweets and impressions and all of this stuff from their social media games only to take L's repeatedly in real life. That has to get old. You are entirely too grown and have too much to lose to think that this is a good idea. It's one thing when Takashi does it and he's 22 years old and he doesn't know any better. That's one thing. He's entirely too grown for this. If you're really from the streets, the, the, the nigga after all of this happened, bro, he, he posts on Twitter or Instagram, Man, that's all y'all got. Next time, come harder. <laughs> bro, you want niggas to pull up and shoot at you next time, bro? Because they've already done that. It's already happened, allegedly, when with niggas you got into it with Jim Jones with years ago in New York, bro. I heard him tell the story on Combat Jack, and he was scared telling the story, bro. Like, nobody wants to get shot at, dude. Only niggas that want to get shot at think that shit cool or niggas that have never been shot at or in a situation where gunshots was ringing off. Man, that took, shit is not fun, dude. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. And this is what makes me think that Freddie Gills can't hang with a lot of niggas. 
<laughs> like it gotta be like what is it called ESCN? What is that shit called? ESGN. It can't be a lot of them, and I ain't saying that because he got jumped by twenty niggas in Buffalo. I'm saying that because after that shit, and he goes and tweets it and be like, "Oh, that's all you got." Because you're exactly right. If I'm rolling with this nigga, I'm like, "Bro, what are you doing?" <laughs> I hey, you that nigga assistant, bro. Them niggas just whooped us. What do you want them to do? Come and shoot you? Do you want somebody to come and kill you? Cause that's what's happening when you go to Twitter, when you run to Twitter and be like, oh, that's it. Oh, oh, that's it. Oh, academics is going to pick this up. Oh, this is going to be cool. Everybody's going to retweet this. Boom. Oh my God, you're dead. Rest in peace, Freddie Gibbs. Another sad show. Bro. Like, come on, bro. Take your, and, and that's another thing that I seen that I really didn't like when people are like, oh, Freddie Gibbs rapping this gangster stuff. Like you can be from the streets and take L's. That's For sure. Like, niggas get beat no, up, you can bro. take L. Anybody can take L. Niggas get beat up, bro. Yeah, How you respond after a loss is what make you a real nigga or not. And running to Twitter and being like, that's all you got and putting your life in further danger for some niggas is clearly outmatching you. That's 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 dumb. That's just dumb. That's stupid, bro. Yeah, you, it's it, it's ignorant and, it, and it's giving me, again, is. It's giving me Takashi vibes, bro. It's, it's giving me Takashi vibes when he went on Breakfast Club and invited Danger. We said it on the show. As soon as that happened, we knew everything was a shuck from there on out. If you had any questions or doubts, we said, oh, dude, it's for the show. As soon as he said those words on Breakfast Club, and I'm getting the vibe of Freddie Gibbs that he's just running the internet game and playing a character game, and that shit is not a good look, bro. You cannot... Cannot, cannot, cannot keep talking shit on on the internet and get whooped before people stop paying attention to you and your music, bro. And this shit is all over, dude. <laughs> it goes to what I said. You said I was playing favorites, and here's another instance in this show where I'm right. I'm gonna get to it later yeah. when we talk about uh. this Kodak Black and Kendrick. But right here, I said it. I said he looked real funny in the light, claiming to be a real nigga and continuing to poke and jab at Jeezy. Not because I love Jeezy or I'm a big Jeezy fan. I'm just like, well, that ain't what real niggas do. I've never seen, I know a lot of real niggas and I've never seen a real nigga act like that. He'll <laughs> just prove me right. I know, I'm just saying. I kudos to, he, kudos to him performing though. That'd have been, if he that didn't perform, real. that'd have been lame. Yeah. That, that would have been whack. Rapper like, that was dope right there. Yeah, that, that was yeah, and, awesome. Lean into that, bro. Lean and, into the rap shit. Lean and to be that. fair, he was still, he didn't get, for the numbers to be as lopsided as they was, that could have been way worse because <laughs> he was still on two feet. And again, like you got to think too, with what we just talked about with YSL, Benny is older like us. For sure. And well, now Gibbs is same. They all, we're all in the same age group, bro. No, Gibbs too. Okay. Yeah. True. Absolutely. But what I'm saying and what I was about to say is on that, um, he didn't go tell them niggas to whoop Gibbs. That's right. just understood. He came to Buffalo. He got a problem with me. I'm from Buffalo. So like you said, it ain't as bad as it could have been. Them niggas wasn't trying to hurt. They just wanted to send a message. This yeah, is for a sure. Message. All right. Now, that being said, man, shout out to Freddie Gibbs. Hope we lean into that rap and shit, man. That would be dope of him to do. And I think his fans would also like that instead of the tough shit. Moving right along, man, before we get to this Kendrick Lamar review from the On Deck TV show, your man Puff hosted the Billboard Music Awards, the BMAs. Yeah. Um, he announced the brand new Love Records. Are you here? 
<laughs> for the resurgence of old Diddy. Yeah. Doing what he want to out here in these streets. Diddy was out here promoting his ass off <laughs> while he was hosting this show. You're going to do, do it right. God listen, damn, he, he, he debuted a new single with Bryson Tiller to open the show. Um, he gave several shout outs to his associates. French Montana was there. DJ Khaled was there. Um, he, he's got a new album on the way and he's got Love Records. I don't know where Bad Boy Records is, but Love Records is apparently a thing. I didn't think he did as bad of a job as people were wearing him out online. Did he do anything like extra funny or anything? Not necessarily, uh, but I wasn't looking for Puff to be funny. Um, I was just looking for him to be entertaining and just to do Puff shit. And for the most part, I got that. I thought the skit or maybe not the skit with his butler. I I, I still don't know if that was a skit. I'm not that sure. was kind of weird. Um, but am I here for the resurgence? No, although the song that he did, he came out to with Bryson Tiller actually didn't sound half bad, though, to be fair. The song was OK. I was like, oh, that ain't bad. I ain't mad at that. But I don't need a whole Diddy project, though. I don't need a Dirty Money or Diddy or whatever he's going to do, whatever he's going to frame it. I don't need that. I don't necessarily need to hear anything else from Puff. I would much rather him find some new talent. And if this, if it's love records, then revamp that and bring that to the forefront. He'll be the first to do two labels that way. Every time somebody tries to reinvent a label, it never works, dude. Death Row went to the row. It didn't work. Murder Inc. went to the ink. It didn't work. No Limit went to the new No Limit. It didn't work. Probably the only person who's ever been able to pull out is Birdman with cash money. So if Puff could do this with love records and make that like a big thing like he did with Bad Boy, that would be dope. Oh, my bad. Jay did it with Rockefeller and Rock Nation. Jay and Birdman are the only two that I can think of off the dome. So Puff to be added in that conversation would be dope. An album, no, I can skip that. I'm here for everything Puff trying to do at this point in his life, man. He rich, successful, and took a lot of chances, and failed a lot, then made a lot of money, then succeeded a lot. So if he wants to go and host the VMAs off script, not be funny, promote his ass off because these white folks gave him a check. I'm here for it. I, I think that he's at that stage in his life and he's showing it where I don't have to go as hard to get the dollars no more because I've established myself as Puff. You see me, I'm here. I make money doing that. I'm going to have fun, hence love records and me doing that now. I like this. I like the idea. I like of what we have been talking about with hip hop turning the page, not focus as much in being as ageist as we've been in the past letting somebody like puff put an album out at this stage in his career with all the dope pins and all the dope people that are doing music right now and fucking go on tour like the rolling stones or like you too or like he's bono or somebody i'm here for puff playing stadiums and being fucking a superstar at 60 years old like I can, I could see that, and I think that the BMAs was prepping people up to see him back out in these streets, back in your face. I ain't promoting no new talent. I got about twenty more years left. I'm gonna be Sammy Davis Jr., nigga. I'm here for Puff doing that. He got enough money to do it. He been trying for years to get people to get where he wanted them to be. Hence, your man Los. I got niggas that can rap their ass off. I got TV shows that are great and groups that are supposed to do this and do that and can't nobody give me that sauce like I got the sauce. So I'm going to just give it to you. I'm going to be Dr. Love or Puff Love or whatever the fuck he calls himself. I'm here for it. 
Yeah, nah, it's a skip. He does have a new artist, too, he just announced. I cannot remember the name, but I'm sure we'll see and hear more of this person in the very near future. Uh, I'm good on his stuff. I don't need no no, no money-making Mitch. I don't need any, bro. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Let's go, Puff. I'm here for it, brother love. Hey, man, next up, before we get to this um, Kendrick Lamar double-disc album review, Tritch from Naughty by Nature. This might be the very first time 400-plus episodes in we have mentioned Naughty by Nature. But shout-out to Jersey. Um, Tritch said it is disrespectful to ask another artist who their top five or top 10 rapper list is. He says, I don't think a lot of rappers get the credit they deserve because it's always like who's your top five or top 10. It's the most disrespectful question I get in hip hop. Who's my best five or 10 when we going back from the seventies to now, I only got five. That's not fair. My question to you, <laughs> do you see it the same way? Is that a disrespectful question to ask a rapper who their top five or top 10 is? I absolutely disagree with Tretch here, and maybe it's because I'm not a rapper. But just like in basketball, baseball, football, anything else competitive shit, you can top five podcasters. It's a million people that podcast. My point is people like Tretch who feel this way are disrespected because they're nice and they're great at what they do, but they just don't get mentioned mm. with the goats like they want to. But niggas will be like and pull them to the side and the goats will come tell them, oh, nigga, you motivated me to do this or this or that. And everybody in the mainstream in this new society that we in, which I don't understand even why Trex is saying this, but well, people want this recognition and they want to be famous and popular. Trek want people to know that, hey, everybody fuck with me. I just may not be in your top five or top ten. So what, bro? Who cares? You're still not in the top five or top 10. Niggas still fuck with you. And it's okay, but it's not a disrespectful question just because you don't like it. Yeah, uh, just say it's a difficult question. It's hard, but that's what makes it so intriguing. We all know it's hard to name your top five anything, bro. Ask me my top five movies, bro. I'm going to struggle. And it may change next week. Like, but that's what makes the conversation. It's like a sports topic. Just like you said, bro. That's what makes it fun. That's the fun in it. I wouldn't look so serious into it. Have some fun with the fucking question, bro. Like, look at, look at Wayne's. We talked about his a week or two ago. He threw in the name or two that he, not a lot of people get mentioned. So he did show love to somebody that maybe didn't get mentioned all the time. Like Missy. Use that opportunity to say, name a couple of people in your five that don't always get the love. Give them their flowers. You can use it as an opportunity. You want niggas to name him. Yeah, That's nobody's going to name him, though, respectfully. Nobody. Niggas fuck with Tretch, though. Niggas like fuck with him. Uh, they may say naughty by nature as a group. Nah, niggas fuck with Tretch individually. Just similar to like when people from the West Coast be like, all oh, corrupt. Well, yeah. And they name and they like, they do the same thing for Tretch on the East Coast. I will say this, though, uh, Pete Rock, shout out to Pete Rock, producer Pete Rock. He commented under this clip that was on Instagram, mm -hmm. quote, I'm not participating in those specific questions anymore. Shit makes no sense trying to crown one king when it's several kings and queens. Media division amongst artists, but y'all got to see the play, though. Bro, first of all, give your third eye a rest because this question gets asked to everybody that's not in the media. We talk about this all the time, bro. We talked about this pre-podcast on the couch playing 2K. 
like, bro, that's top five. What's your top five? What's your top ten? That's just a conversation amongst fans in every barbershop from Vallejo to fucking Orlando, dude. So uh, the media trying to plot against rappers, against each... Relax, bro. Take a chill tablet and just ease it on out, bro. I guess, yeah, that, that's nuts. Not I that deep. That's nuts. That's how he feel. He got a right to it, but I don't see it that way. What is Pete Rock, you said? Yeah. Mm. Right. Chill out. Yes. You sound bitter. Just relax, bro. You're a legend. Like you said, he sound mad. And the, the, to, to act like it's a conspiracy that the media is dividing rappers, you know who could fix that? Rappers. When Pete Rock was popping and he wanted to do a, a song with another popping rapper, he didn't have to consider what the media said. He could have just reached out and got that done. Yeah, it ain't it ain't that deep for me. Um, Kendrick album, man. Let's get to it. As mentioned, man, the Kendrick Lamar long-awaited Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is finally here. And speaking of finally here, man, we got a special guest in the building. Chris Platty was good, my guy. Thank you, man. Thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be on the podcast. You know, come on. I love On Deck, so I'm always here. <laughs> we appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We had to bring you on for the Kendrick uh, review. We know how much of a fan you are, as well as I and Lou. So let's not waste any time. Let's get straight to it. You know how we get down. Initial thoughts, highlights, lowlights, and then we'll give a rating. But first, I'll throw it to Lou first, man. Expectations, man. What were you thinking uh, coming into this Kendrick Lamar double album? That's an awesome question. So coming into this, we didn't know what to expect. We got the hard part five. We didn't know if he was going to be on that. There were rumors about the rock and roll stuff. It's been five years since we got the last Kendrick album. Everything was all over the place. We didn't know what to expect. Me personally, as a Kendrick fan, I had given up from the sense of trying to guess what it was or anticipating some piece of great art that was coming out. I was just happy that he was back in the saddle and back rapping and back with a full project. So as far as anticipation, I just wanted the album to come out. Didn't know mm. what was going to be on it. Didn't know how it was going to come. Pause. Didn't know if it was going to be more of the hardest part five, what it was, but my anticipation level was probably the highest that you could be on for an album in 2022 in streaming culture. It was yep. back to the days when you were, before you go to school or before you went to work on that Tuesday, I'm from the era where you would go to media player, Best Buy, wherever and you're picking up the physical copy. I'm going at 10 a.m. when they open, oh, y'all ain't got them out yet? They back there in the box? Give me that one back there. Yeah, crack it open and let me get that. I got to go. That's how excited I was and what it reminded me of. For sure. Chris, what were your expectations going into this album, man? Yeah. Fun, funny story quickly about the uh, about the just being the first to buy a physical. I actually, I feel like I should sell my physical at Damn because three tracks are different on Damn than what y'all got on the streaming service. Actually. Mm. I, that might I be a collector's item. Yeah, no way you were still buying physicals when Damn came out. Absolutely, crazy. CD. Absolutely, I got CD. I got vinyl. Wow. I got everything. Nice. Yeah, that's so why you're I got, here, Chris. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, I know, I know where my, I know my role. I know my role, and I play it well. Uh, coming in for initial expectations, man. Obviously, it's excitement between you know the mysterious rollout, like Lou said, the energetic and emotional hard part five track. And for me, like Kendrick's music is often a time capsule or like a capsule of the times that we're in. 
And so with all the world events between albums, Spike and I were talking about this on my podcast about a week before the album came out. And, you know, we we're, I was just saying, think of all the things that have happened since damn. I mean, you had pretty much all of Trump's presidency. You had a global pandemic. You had the, the George Floyd murder. You had and all of the protests that broke out after that. You had a very controversial election. And so, you know, there was a lot for Kendrick to talk about. And Kendrick is always an artist that likes to incorporate all of that and likes to, again, be that kind of kind of just docu- uh, document the times that we're in. And so coming off a long hiatus, being my, being my favorite artist uh, with the whole world watching, I'm excited to not only have it myself, but also just to see how the world reacts to it. And again, mm-hmm. like with the Kendrick album, you just don't know what you're going to get. So I have no clue what to expect. I'm just, it's just nothing but excitement, man. It's, it's, this is the hip hop releases you live for. Yeah, Dan, these are definitely the moments um, that, that you live for, like you said. And I was excited too, man. We joke on the show uh, many times in these last five years. We thought he might have retired, might have hung it up. Um, whether we definitely believe that or not. I, listen, I was on the fence, bro. Like after I got the, the COVID and the quarantine year, I understood that. I just knew 2021 he was going to drop, though. So when that didn't happen, and then how here we are, damn near halfway through 2022. I was like, "Fuck it, man. He might, just, he might just be on another planet right now." But he made the announcement for the album, and then the hard part five came out, and that's when things really got started. Mm-hmm. That video went viral almost instantly, because our number one, how fire the song was, and two, how dope the video was. So then you're like, "Okay, he still got it." You know what I mean? We heard him on Baby Keen single late last year. And he snapped on that. We see smoking on top fives. We're like, okay, like that's the energy that we're here for. But the, the, the hard part five put the anticipation through the roof, bro. I'm not even going to hold you. Yeah. And once they said it was a double album, it was like, ah, oh, man, like because he, he got a lot to unpack. Like you said, he got a lot to touch on in these last five years, bro. So uh, my anticipation was definitely through the roof. Um, and let me, let's get straight to initial thoughts, though. I want to know what you thought. Chris, what did you think on the first listen? Uh, before I get to that, I want to ask a question. Uh, I want to ask an honest question to you guys because you guys have been in the game longer than I have. And me being uh, being a huge Kendrick fan, like this is, and honestly, in my lifetime, probably one of the most anticipated hip hop releases I've been around. Where, where would you say if you had even like a range of of uh, of where it would rank as far as your Ooh. your excitement for it? That's up there with four forty four. Four forty four is anticipated. Um, a lot of people didn't know Jay. People thought Jay was going to hang it up. Yeah. Uh, we didn't expect a whole album. And I feel like one of those Drake records was really hyped up. I, I think was it, it was. Views? It, it's either Views or Scorpion might have been really hyped up. I can't. One of the two was Scorp- stupid hyped. Yeah. Scorpion makes sense with the whole push thing around it. Right. I remember views being super anticipated. Like Apple had commercials for it. That was the first time I seen a commercial for an album in my life. I'm not gonna hold you. Yes. Um man, so when I'm thinking about releases and anticipation, the first one I think about, and I know we probably spoke about this before, you and I, Chris, but you said you went and got this, that Jeezy, Thug Motivation, Easy. First CD I ever bought. Uh yeah. And I remember just like waiting on that. And it's just 100%. Taking it back further than that, I would say it had to be some No Limit stuff. 
just because well, they probably. had to come in soon and they built the anticipation for it. So if it may be, I, I want to say it was either Ghetto Dope or The Last Dawn. It was either probably. one of those. Probably The Last Dawn because he was retiring. It was, again, a double CD. I remember anticipating that very heavily. Nothing to recently, though. Nothing to date like this for me. I remember what you guys are talking about with the Drake, uh, but nothing just like that. Uh, like Jeezy would be the most recent thing, like, while I'm waiting on like this. That, that's a good real quick 50s get rich or die trying was hyped too good one. that was a good one that was supremely hyped uh people were definitely waiting on that um so that, that's another one but i'm sure there's others just off the top of my head i can't think but the, those are probably some of the most anticipated albums ever real talk yep, yep. yeah it shows you rarify there rarify exactly. there so but, initial I, thoughts reactions animal brown to answer your question here's how i know and what made me realize that Kendrick Lamar was the GOAT. You, Animal Brown, came to our group chat. And this is, ne I've never seen this done before for an album, ever in my life. I've been knowing you for 20 plus years. No, you've never done it. I don't know if other people have done it, but I don't know those people. You came to our group chat and you said, guys, please no spoilers on the Kendrick album. I haven't listened yet. Never in my life have I seen anyone do that for a music CD. <laughs> and just when I thought you were insane and you were crazy for saying that, your bored old brethren, Lop from FSP fame, doubles down on it and say, yeah, yeah, wait. Hey, guys, stop. Don't talk about it at 12 p.m. either because I haven't listened either. And I'm like, man, these guys are fucking crazy. So I'm going out and I'm listening, trying to see what people think of people. Oh, I have to sit with this. Give me a minute to listen to this Kendrick Lamar before I give you a review. Mind you, we are in the culture of instant takes and everybody running the Twitter. And there was some of that out there. For sure. But everybody who respected music and who fucked with this, to your point, Chris, about anticipation levels, this is different. This, you don't get this with Drake. You don't get this with J. Cole. Respectfully, those guys do what they do. But this and what he put out, and even when you listen to it on that first listen, like we're talking about with initial reaction, you're like, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I ain't even finna tell nobody what I think yet because I'm sure I missed something. <laughs> so don't even ask me, nigga. It was a whole lot of don't even ask me yet, bro. <laughs> and that's how yeah. I know he to go. No, nah, I feel that. Uh, Chris, when you first heard it, Chris, did you have similar thoughts? What did you think, man? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I was confused. Uh, I was confused. I expected different sounds, different styles. No Kendrick albums the same. But mm -hmm. I still wasn't prepared for what I got. There was no songs I disliked. But um, there was, I remember only a few songs being like right away knowing, oh, these are songs I'm going to like. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think what threw me off was I was kind of expecting like damn 2.0 in a sense with his feature on Family Ties, the letter he wrote saying God speaks through my music. I just read it as he was coming to kill all these rappers. And instead, we got like the most personal Kendrick album ever. And again, I'm also anticipating him commenting on everything that's going on in the world. And he had that in the he had that within the album. But it wasn't as prominent as you would think. Like to Pippa Butterfly is a lot about the world around him. Good kids about the world around him. And that damn in this album have been more so centered around himself. And 
so I just wasn't really ready for that. And I, and I threw, it threw me off. And weirdly for the first time in Kendrick's career, I also kind of heard songs and moments uh, that I felt like weren't distinctly him, like his hook on Silent Hill, the Childish Gambino type track, Mr. Morale, uh, the poppy beloved, beloved song Die Hard. Like it just like those, those are different. Those are the first times I kind of saw other influences in in Kendrick and you know and that was something from the first listen that kind of made me you know step back and, and be like you know I, I I really don't know what to think I knew it was a good album I didn't have any worries about it being good but I just you know coming off of the three albums that he had um not counting Untitled Unmastered uh like coming off of those three albums like you know you just obviously your expectations are through the roof and so I wouldn't say disappointed but I was just left a little confused after the first listen yeah uh that first listen it, it was a lot yeah. I say that the first listen was a lot and I don't mean that in a negative way or a positive way it was just a lot right. to unpack and I was a little afraid that it was going to affect my replay value because there was some deep maybe not deep but there's some thought provoking records on here like the father time joint um you know what i mean like the re we cry together the mother i sober like there's some heavy topics on here and oh, so I, I was scared that that was going to ruin my replay value and that there wasn't going to be joints on here that i could just jump in and pluck out if i was on a short ride somewhere you know what i mean like i i thought that maybe this was going to be one of the ones where i had to play it from start and and to get the full picture in order for it to make sense uh, upon multiple listens i've found favorite joints that have stood out to me and it's actually the epitome of an album that's gotten better every time i've listened to it in my opinion but I started to pick out joints that I could easily go to if I wanted to just again pick out certain records. But I was the, the deep records scared me at first. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. It, it, not not that they weren't good. They were dope. But it was kind of like um like how many people you like who do you know that's seen uh, uh, Fruitvale Station more than once, bro? Like that, that's one of the movies you see one time, <laughs> dude, yeah. and I do not need to sit through that again, bro. What's, what's the Will Smith joint? Pursuit of Happiness, bro. Yeah. Who is seeing that more than once, fam? Like, who wants to feel like feeling like that, dude? Nobody. People live, people you, live on the TNT channel. I, that shit gets skipped every time it's on, bro. I'm not going to sit here and watch Will Smith sleep on the bathroom floor with his son, dude. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go through that, bro. It's no need. So I kind of got scared that that was going to be in there, but I, I I grew to learn to like a lot more on there. I uh, I agree with you in the sense of the deep records. When you when you got done listening to it, it wasn't just like okay the albums. I was like, ooh shit, yep. because yeah. unlike other people, when they do like you do get trinkets of people's lives sprinkled in albums, but I don't think to this extent. To your point, Chris Platty. Like he got big reveals in here about like sex addictions and problems with his wife. And oh yeah, I got a son now. And my mom thought my cousin like molested me. And I had an auntie that was a dyke that I looked up. Like <laughs> it was like you went to a fucking play. If you ever went to like a good play and you've seen like all the stuff that they do with just a, a few amount of actors and voices in there. Kendrick Lamar played like three, four roles you would say in this album. And at the end of it, you was like, damn. Like you said, Adam, that was some deep shit. Like, I'm not sure what I want to go back to. 
But then as I'm listening to this to review it for the show, in true Kendrick Lamar colors, those songs started to stick out and would transition to what we liked and disliked about the album. For me, those songs were Rich Spirit. That's easily my favorite song on the album as far as just the hook and just the presentation of how it made you feel and then how it fits in with the album if you want to listen to it in whole or if you want to stick it out. So that was one of my favorite ones. Father Time, I feel like, was a dope record, a conversation that men don't have enough. Uh, just about like fathers not being around and some of the things and stuff that they lack in just not having a father. It ain't all the time about the things that we think it are. It was smaller things that he pointed out in this song. I think that was 100% fire as far as how he presented that. And lastly, to my point, bringing it back around about Kodak Black and being in my starting five, Animal Brown, you ridiculed me. You thought I was crazy. And here we are, the biggest goddamn release of 2022. And who's all over the album? My guy, Spike Lou's top five, Spike Lou's starting five, Kodak Black. I'm not the only one that sees his brilliance. Oh my Clearly God. Kendrick Lamar does. Kendrick I got kicked out of there and said, I need, I need Kodak on this one. I exactly. loved it. I love what it represented. I love how that ties into the album. We'll get into that at some point when we're talking about it. But I think it, it was more than just a feature. I'm glad that he just didn't get him on a song. I'm you glad know? that he kind of had him just being Kodak Black on a Kendrick Lamar album. That was dope. Um, it's different. I really liked how that played out throughout the album, and I liked the song too. What yeah, for sure. Chris, what stood out to you, man? Give me three elements or three joints uh, that kind of were highlights to you. Yeah, I mean, as far as like, I mean, I could say the three the three joints that stood out to me um, off the first listen, and they and they just grew grew even stronger was the Die Hard, um, and then the two very personal tracks, the uh, Mother's sober or mother eye sober i never know if that's like a dash or if that's an i or like a capital i oh shit i thought it was an i but it might not be i don't know what it is about it but for some reason like i've i've Uh, seen that all the time and it looks like an i but for some reason in my mind i'm reading that as a dash and i just i don't know but (laughs) you might be right maybe on my 72nd listen i'll figure that one out (laughs) i think that actually is now that you say that it was like a uh, punctuation more yeah. Than the letter. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. That way. Hmm. But that one and then Auntie's Diary, those are like my highlight tracks. But to me, it just goes to the the sequence starting with Savior Interlude through the end. That's where I feel like the album just like, re- like really, really picks up. It showcases Kendrick's full artistry, storytelling with thought-provoking lyricism. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my favorite Kendrick is, is a deep B-side type records. You know, my favorite Kendrick songs are Sing About Me and Feel. Like those are my two favorite Kendrick records off top. And, you know, and then probably somewhere in there is like Mortal Man as well. And so mm-hmm. I've always been gravitated to the deep, uh, to the deep, deep cut, like B-side records that Kendrick offers us. And that's really what, what that like section of the album is that that whole sequence starting with the savior interview where baby Keem goes crazy. Yes, and um, yeah, it's just, that's like, that is the biggest highlight. Uh, that's the biggest highlight to me is that, is that sequence of tracks. It flows perfectly. You have those two deep cut records, auntie's diary and, uh, and mother sober. And then in between that, you have this just absolute banger and Mr. Morale to like, 
just smoothed out. Kendrick's so good at like flowing albums, man. He really is. That's what that's what made me grew to love Damn more with time was just the flow of it. And now, um, and I feel that way about this album a lot. This album like just continues to grow on me with every listen. And that, but that that will always be my highlight section. I feel like as of right now is that is that whole that whole stretch at the end. Yeah, I, man. To me, the standouts. Uh, obviously, there's records I, I love on here, but the number one standout to me is just the production, the whole feel of it. It just felt like. Uh, it felt like they took their time with these joints. I mean, it, it felt like it took five years to make. Let me say that. The, the records have so much detail in them when it comes to ad-libs, when it comes to production, transitions. The songs sound like they took months to make. Like, like literally one song sounds like a three-month session, bro, yeah. where they had to bring in a violinist and, yeah. <laughs> all, and all these different people. Dre had to come in and turn some knobs and... And yeah, just this was during it. the first 12-week mandate when you couldn't leave the house, and this was, you know... Exactly. Like, Th- this yeah. sounds like this all they worked on, which I respect, and I can tell, and I appreciate it. So just the, from a production standpoint, I thought it was stellar, and I thought it sounds amazing. Um, but joints off the top of my head, even though I, lo- I like a lot on here, I like the N95, that shit is hard. That's probably the more radio type record that's probably going to get some play on maybe satellite radio um yeah, i, I feel really like the only radio is uh the only radio single to me that sticks out is die hard that's like the only one that, that seems like the poppy one to me that i and that's what that was my second joint that i that i was going to say i really liked i i i have to formally apologize to blast he made the freshman class cover last year and i hadn't heard of him up until that my point God. and so i had him as the person who probably would fall off and boy, was I wrong, because he has boy, been you killing spree with the hooks. Looking. <laughs> I apologize, Blast. My fault, big dog. And he murdered that diehard. Yeah. And then I go uh, count me out on this, too. I really, mm. really like how this, mm. too, started. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of heat on here, though, dude. It's a lot of fucking heat. With that being said, though, can't love everything. If if there was a low light, Lou, what would you pick? Even if it's nitpicking, or if it's an actual real low light, what you got? Um, I don't really actually have a low light from a sense of I think that everything was predominantly good, but I got to probably the most controversial song on here, and I had to skip it. That we cry together. That's one of them songs where you like. I saw somebody put it perfectly on Twitter. He was like, man, am I supposed to be hearing this? <laughs> Did they mean to press record? Is this like, what's going on here? But the brilliance in it, because a lot of people have had those conversations before <laughs> and been in those exact arguments. So to listen to it and be listening to a rap, like I said, it sound like a play, but to be listening to a, a hip hop album and be like, damn, and it still makes sense within the album and still be a standalone track that people are talking about and, and making the internets go wild is like what you need to do today. So I get it, but yeah. for me, it just didn't. I, it didn't hit. It, it didn't, well, excuse me, it hit, but it just didn't work. I don't need to hear it again. It's like what you said, Adam Brown with the Fruitvale Station shit. Right. It was powerful, but I'm good. I, you can take that one off my copy. Laddie, <laughs> what you got, man? Is there any lowlights for you? No, I really like this album's not perfect, but 
I I really don't like have any moments that really really stand out. Like I guess the one that's grow that's taking the longest to grow on me, and I wouldn't say I don't. I would say it's the it's the song I listen to the least right now. It's kind of like my version of Ya of Damn, where like Damn, that was the song I listened to the least off that album, but I still really liked it. Uh, and that for me is Crown. Um, mm. I I just uh, you know I I'm growing to like it more and more each time I listen to it, but it's still that one that kind of is is not there is not there for me. Um, and it's like the only one I kind of really lose interest in. Um, mm. Even though, even though I, I, again, I'm growing to like it more and more each listen, but you know, it, it's weird. It's weird. Cause I, I also identified this album isn't perfect. And like, to me, it's not, it's not Tippin' Butterfly. It's not good kid. And it might not be damn, um, damn grew on me a lot. So maybe this album will as well, but for some reason, even though I, I acknowledge that's not on those levels, I also don't really know what to pick or change about it. You know, <laughs> like what what do you change? Even like the features, I was not sure about, you know, this is a lot of features for a Kendrick album. Mm. And, you know, and and it's and it's a lot of unusual, unusual people, not in terms of who's there, but also who's missing. Like no Anna Wise that I know of. Um, and she's been on every Kendrick album uh no mixed by ali credits which is really interesting too no tde um, yeah just no almost no td period i mean i know soundwave was was involved in this but mm. yeah um I, I i don't know i mean i guess that that would be the only other low light but even the features like even the features they all do their thing blast absolutely kills it kodak does his thing like i have no complaints of of any of the features but maybe maybe too many features but you tell me what to take out i don't know what to take out well I, i'll tell you what to take out and that's the ghost face uh feature uh, but, but then again i am the last wu-tang fan on earth right. um it did i did the purple hearts is you put it a good way that's the one that's taking that's the longest to grow on me that, that that's a good way to put it because it's not that i think the song is is whack right it's just the one that's taking the longest for me to rock with and that's 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 the biggest complaint air quote I could have with it, man. And this, but I think this is one that's going to take time for me to really process it. And I've been listening like crazy. And to be honest, I haven't really need wanted to hear anything else, yeah, <laughs> other yeah. than this at this time. But I got to see what I got to give this a little bit more time to see exactly how much replay value it 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 really has over time give me a one to five rating lou what do you think of this mr morale and the big stepper i ain't no mystery for me man the only other album i think i did this with benny i'm gonna go ahead and give you five because i don't mm. see it getting any worse it continues to get better every time that i listen i'm in the same boat of you like i've only wanted to hear this if i'm listening to music yep. find something new every time it's more interesting every time and I wanted to ask you two guys this, and you can give it to me in your rating. When I did listen to this and got done the first time, part of the reason why I'm giving it five mics, a lot of music today, you digest it, and it's so quick, you move on, you're done with it. I don't know if I'm crazy for saying this. I was talking to someone else who said the same thing here, but I listened to this, and I I felt good after listening to Like, damn, that was, that was dope. Like, after you walk out of a dope movie or you see something that's... Like you go to the fucking high museum down here in Atlanta, for example, you see some dope art. You're like, that was, that was pretty cool. I'm mm -hmm. glad I did that. 
it's very rare that I have that sentiment with music. And when I got done with this, especially with that song place at the end with the mom and the, the sober, mama sober, that was pretty dope. And I walked away from the album like, damn, I'm glad I listened to that. It made me a little bit perkier or happier that day in first listen. So I, 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 I don't think this is anything less than a classic. I, I agree. It, it was an experience. Yes. That's the best way that I could kind of put it. And, and when I was listening that first time, the video, the, the hard part five video did me like this too. I pressed play on the video and I couldn't take my eyes off of it the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I immediately wanted to run it back. Like immediately. It was no question that that was going to get played again. I felt the same way about this album. I, I thought I was going to do some work while I was listening to it. And by track two or three, I was just staring in the space listening to it, bro. Like, I, it was like I was in a movie. It was like Avatar. It was like first time I saw Avatar. You couldn't tell me I wasn't one of them blue motherfuckers in the movie, dude. I was just in there. I was in the fucking world that they were in when I first watched Avatar. It gave me that vibe. I want to say five, but it, it's too soon for me to call it five. I'm going to say four and a half. It's superb. But don't be surprised if I if I crown it five later on in the year. Don't get no worse, man. You might as well make this shit unanimous. The source <laughs> give you five Mike albums by saying, I'm going to revisit this in two <laughs> weeks. Give it five. You know what this is. Well, Chris, what you gave him, man? Like, man, listen, you got you got me rethinking everything here, man. You're, you you're know making what y'all know because y'all know what this is. Yeah. We're in a society now that won't reward you guys for having that take, though. But this is a classic album. Yeah. And it may have only been five days, but this shit ain't going to get no worse. I promise I want to, you know, that's that's what you're really saying that's getting me, is that it's not going to get worse. And when you're telling and when you're telling AB that, you know, it's it's going to grow on time. So don't, you know, if, the, if, if you know it's going to grow, then why do you have to, you know, rate it lower than, you know, it should be? And so I had it as 4.5 out of five, but I think I got, I think I got to go with the five then <laughs> I, I really do because, you know, you make a hell of an argument. I like it more and more each time. Um, the only, the only, I guess, kind of knock on it is that to me as of right now, and I feel less and less like this every time I listen to it though, is that the album is mostly meant for headphones and live performances. Like mm, think about that no. suit. Like that Super Bowl with, when he had all them big steppers, he was trying to tell us before what, what's going on. I and, can't wait to see know, this live. Yeah. Oh no! Th- uh, listen, tickets got go getting copped as Charged soon as they go on now. sale. Yeah. Charge me for those tickets right yeah. now. He <laughs> would draw. You could pick a seat in the building. I don't yep. even got to be next yeah, to nobody. Just tell me where where's yeah, yeah. be at and when I'm there. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, exactly. Here in Detroit, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are here that same day, and my, and my boy bought tickets, and he's just like, "Well, guess I'm selling those tickets." <laughs> you put them on StubHub, buddy. Yeah. They'll be back. Yeah, yeah. but uh, see the Red Hot Chili Peppers again. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's an easy one. But uh, this album, man, it's just like it, it just grows on me every time. Um, again, it, it's just still the. Still the the shock kind of setting in of again coming off of family ties. I'm thinking I'm getting like humble DNA and all that. And there's still, as I listen to it, there there's not that. There's not those, those there's some moments of those, but there's but they're not on those level. But that's totally okay. Cause when I look at like it, I look at an artist and their discography, especially someone like Kendrick, he's said this in interviews. He looks at his his like 
He looks at the longevity of his career. And that's why a lot, that's why he said he made to Pimp a Butterfly when he did is because everybody was expecting him to do damn after good kid. And he said, no, he wants to, you know, space out his career and like, you know, and, and the longevity of it and kind of just have these albums tell a story. And that's where, and that's why I think this album is going to grow even more appreciation within the discography of Kendrick, because this is the, you know, I, I first saw this tweet and I first saw this tweet by a white girl. So I was like, I did not, I did not think I was going to adopt this take, but she was like, I don't know who she even was, but she was like, this feels like his four, four, four. And I was yeah. just like, Oh, that's kind of lazy. Like, okay. Like two hours about cheating. Like, okay, really? But I sat with them more and you know, it, it, it kind of does. It kind of does make sense to me. It's the album's about clearly about building family. Um, and that's not just through the relationship, but that's like, that's like just in general building his family. I mean, he had the two children in between this album. And got married so, in between this album too. Yeah, also got married in between this album. Uh, um, so he's, you know, and, and again, uh, about the person, the, just the way he got so personal, he never mentioned his girl's name. You know, I'm, I'm a big Kendrick fan. I didn't know what her name was. And I, I knew what she looked like. I saw a few pictures of her, but I had no idea what her name was. You could have given me a million names. Yep. That would have been like, okay. Um, and then, you know, and then hearing him reference his son's name on the album a lot and, you know, having his, having his daughter on do vocals on the album. Like, this is just a very personal album. And I think people who are willing to sit and grow with music will rank this album higher in his discography. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know where it's going to be. If it's going to be, to me, it seems like it's, it's going to end up somewhere either above or below damn which um to me is his third best album but you know i know kendrick said it's his first best album but you know he needs to listen to his own music again because that is is not touching good kid or it's been butterfly but damn is a good album and i feel like it's gonna sit somewhere in that in that range but i just don't i honestly don't know where because it just keeps it keeps like we say in the in the review it just keeps growing on you with every listen yeah, and that's 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 where it's going to get tricky. He's going to have one of the hardest discographies to at the when it's all said and done. It's going to be tough to kind of rank his stuff, man. But y'all guys, let us know in the comments, man. What do you think about this Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers? Was it worth the wait? Are we gassing it, or do you think it's a classic as well? Chris, tell them where they can find you at, man. Where they can follow you, bro. Thank you, man. And listen, I didn't shout it out when I came out, but I need to shout out that jersey you got, man. Shout out that Pistons Teal jersey. Oh my God. I got the Grand Hill one. I got the Grand Hill one myself. You know what the oh, deal yeah. is. Got to get the Cade one got next last year. Two oh, yeah. Earth with those jerseys. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Like, that's, how I, that's how I know you don't go outside. Classic. <laughs> that, that, is, that is a jersey that not even Piston fans got. Like, exactly. Other people like the pisses are trash. They haven't won anything in in twenty years. But them jerseys, them teal jerseys, fire, <laughs> fire. But uh, you can find me. You can find me on all the socials, Twitter and Instagram, mainly at real Chris Platty, C H R I S P L A T T E. I know everyone knows how to spell real. You can find me there. Um, yeah, I, I do. I do a live stream every Friday with Imperial Media, breaking down all of the new albums that come out. And also, uh, also NBA. So NBA playoffs right now is, is a hot topic. So 
we do that me and the guys at imperial that's on imperial media tv's live stream at imperial media tv and then as far as my content goes strictly hip-hop and strictly hoop talk wherever you get your your podcast uh and yeah i got an nba playoff podcast that just came out me and spike did lou did quarter one um i want to bring you on for quarter two i want to do quarter two with with the three of us breaking down you know what what's happened in the year and yeah that's the best places to find me i appreciate you guys for having me on man it's it's awesome you already know man we appreciate the pull up man we'll be catching up on that nba talk for sure for sure man that was a dope Tap in by our guy, Chris Platty. You make sure you go check him out to the wins and the losses like we always do at the On Deck TV show before we get out of here. Win or a loss, a reporter asked Jack, or excuse me, asked the DA about Jack Harlow's involvement in the YSL case. <laughs> no, that was a W for Jack Harlow because that just, that just got a whole legion of people on CNN. Like, who the hell is Jack Harlow? And then they got to Google him again and he probably got some more streams on his record, dude. So that's a dub. That was a strange-ass question, though. That was nuts. It, it shows where we are in, in media and broadcasting in some extent. But uh, Jack Harlow's had some up and downs, man. He had the Brandy situation. People were mad at him for that. And then you say, like, this was funny. He has a very interesting internet presence right now. It's working for him, though. He's learning what it feels like to be popular and famous for the most part this is what fame feels like enjoy that congrats it's working for me the new you right he is the new guy in school yeah and they, and they can have that too y'all got it <laughs> win or a loss producer sunny digital he signs a rapper deal with dj drama who the aforementioned jack harlow and little uzi are signed to this is good yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is an L though. With all due respect, Sonny Digital is cold. He got them beats for first and foremost. I've heard him rap a little bit. Nothing stood out, but that was a while ago. Maybe something different. If anybody can bring it out of him, apparently it's drama. Let's see if he got the Midas touch. Who? Where did you hear him rap? He got a single or something? Yeah, he's he's been rapping for a, a, a couple of years. Remember we met him at the Atlanta pre- premiere? I do. I remember. Yeah. Who do? I would not. Sign him as a rapper, though. No. Uh, Vince Staples was doing the media runs for his awesome album, Ramona Park Broke My Heart, and he said for the little baby feature, they ran into each other at a Motown event. He told Baby about the track. Baby said, say less. Sent him the lyrics, the 16, 40, 30, whatever bars it was. Shot that over to Vince. Waved the six figure usual booking fee that he has win or a loss animal brown that's a loss bro i ain't waving a six-figure fee i give you the discount <laughs> bitch you're not paying for this your label paying for it anyway dude rca is paying for it or motown or whoever the fuck you so i'm i'm gonna waive the hundred thousand and rca or motown can give me 50 cool Cool, bet. And the story will go, baby gave me a discount. He a real nigga, and I appreciate that. Made a good record. No, 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 Once again, Animal Brown, you are wrong. This is a big W, and here's why. Niggas know how Vince Staple get down and who he's affiliated and associated with. So if I can go to L.A. and Vince Staples is a friend of mine and I gave me the hottest nigga in the game a track, 
Absolutely. Because now I got his homeboys on speed dial with him when I'm in L.A. and I need that protection because you're going to need it when you go out there regardless of who you are. I got another verse for you, actually, my nigga. We do this every year as long as you the only nigga I got to call when I touch down in L.A. and we good because you're going to have to call somebody. <laughs> Dope move by little Baby. Respectable man on deck of the week. We're going to IG. Shout out, shout out to YDK underscore Vaughn. He commented. First of all, he sent us the new chance the rapper song that he has with um Vic Mensa. And he said, Would y'all check out a Vic Mensa chance no. the rapper tape? Are no. you here for that combo? No. no, before you even done reading it. No, I hate chance new song. It, I we fell into the shuck by even talking about him on the show. I don't even know how that happened. Chance to just like he robbed hip hop of moments and money. He ought to just go hide, dude. Like you won, you got over, dude. It's cool, but you out of here, bro. Like I, I would never check anything chance to rap out again that had to do with music if he was acting i'd watch a movie or a tv show i'd even go to a play and say <laughs> hey former rapper chance is in here i'd go do that but i'm never in my life listening to another <laughs> chance to rapper album or project i'm not doing that yeah i'm not here for it either although the song with him and vic Mensa is straight though <laughs> that song is cool I'll, I'll never know because vic Mensa cold though he called. Okay, has he has he recovered from like that rock and roll phase? He yeah, he 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 snapped out of that. Okay, I'll listen to him. That's what I'm saying. He was out there for a minute. He was bullshitting. The hair, the leather pants. I seen him. It was nuts. Yeah, he looked wild. What you put on, man? Give me something good. Uh, put on, man. If you've been watching Atlanta and you're like me, wondering what the fuck is going on, and this is not what you signed up for. Then I have the show for you. If you know BJ Novak, he played on The Office. He's, I can't even remember his name on The Office, but he's a dickhead dude. But he has a show called The Premise. It's on FX and it's on Hulu. And those one-off episodes that they're doing of Atlanta, he has a full TV show just like that. Black people with the stuff, white people stuff. It is fire. It's called The Premise. Again, they like one-off episodes, similar like Twilight Zone, but it reminds mm-hmm. me of just like the Atlanta episodes have been this season that have not been involving the main cast. It's a full season of those. Season two comes out soon, I believe, but the season one is on Hulu. The first two episodes I've seen absolutely fucking amazing. Again, I ain't knocking Atlanta for what they're doing. I just didn't sign up for it there, but they're doing it over here at the premise, and it's absolutely fire. All right, fair enough. I definitely check that out, man. I put on YouTube, um, guys. The I know you guys are familiar with Earn Your Leisure. Assets over liabilities is the show that they have on Revolt. YG had a really good episode. They talked to artists about business, um, so I got to hear YG from a business perspective, and it was really dope. He gave a lot of good insight. I'm a big fan of that show. I think they've had like Soldier Boy on there, um, Angela Yee was on there. Ross was on there. So they talk business. T.I. was on there. And it's all about the business side of the entertainment and how they put it to use for them. And YG talks about the first deal he signed. That was some bullshit. And how he got his shit back. It it was really good. Because normally YG just talking about fucking hard bottom shoes and 
Nike Cortezes and shit. So it was good to see another side of YG, man. So I would check that out, if, bro. If, even if you're not even into him in particular, but if you into the business tip, like I know a lot of y'all out there are, check out Assets Over Liabilities. Absolutely. And as always, this is the On Deck TV show. Show us your supporter by going and copying the t-shirt. Man, the link is in the bio. We got the summer colors and flavors for you. Go cop, support black businesses and the real. Yes, sir, man. Until the next time, we are out. <laughs>